Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. All right, it's Dr. Roto. Get out the insurance card. Get out the copay. The office is open, my friends. Adam Ronis, it's a Friday night. Beautiful weather out, right? Well, maybe for you it is. Uh, obviously, here in the East Coast, New York, New Jersey area, it is 35 degrees, which is not bad, but there is some snow and rain coming tomorrow. But not as bad. But Monday's temperature, Doc? Oh, I see a 16. 13. Oh, oh, oh. Actually, the low Sunday night into Monday, 3. All right. So just so you know, Monday here will be 67 and sunny. Great, great. Well, Thanks. you know what, Doc? <laughs> On Wednesday, we get up to 42. Ooh, Wednesday I'm at 81. I'm Listen to out. the look at how crazy this is. So 38, 13, 28, 42, 39. Like it's just that's crazy. That is little legit crazy. It is, and that's usually happens quite often. Actually, we have, we've we've had days in December, not this year, but there's been days in December in the past, 50 degrees. Sunday night, I'm looking here on my app here. New York is going to be nine degrees on Sunday night. Yeah, it's going to be oh, ridiculous. Um, damn. You, now, so you hold turn on the heat. You gonna turn on the heat? Yeah, I probably will <laughs> at nine that temperature. <laughs> yeah, I think that that might be pushing it a little bit. So, if it's over under ten, Ronis turns on the heat. Yeah, it's a prop bet. We'll we'll put that on the list for prop bets. Can you imagine seriously now playing football in that kind of crazy? Uh, Were you old enough to remember the Chargers Bengals game? No, was that early eighties? Yeah, it was. I just remember that as one of the, you know, it's just the cold. It was so frigid, and and remember the Chargers were Dan Fouts and Kellen Winslow and, and Jefferson. They they were a monster offense, but they couldn't even feel the football. They couldn't. Right. They, they couldn't feel the football. They should have won. Yeah, tough to feel that. I think you know we know that some of these players are used to it, but when it's that cold, it's just you don't have feeling in your fingers and. It's just so difficult. So I think it also depends on the person. There are some people that mentally can plow their way through it, and they're fine, and there are other players where it just they, – they can't do it. It's just – so I think it comes to each individual's body. Do you think it'll – I think it'll affect the Chiefs more than the Patriots. Oh, well, I don't know. Have you seen the latest temperature? It's not that bad. It's going to be like 27. That's not terrible. Oh, like, I thought it was going to be like 6. No, no, it changed. In that, and I always say this. All the time, earlier in the week, you hear Monday, Tuesday, oh, the forecast this weekend is going to be terrible. And I'm like, just wait. Don't, you can't even make a decision on a Friday. You have to wait until that game day. But right now, they're showing on Sunday in Kansas City, high of 32, low of 21. It's oh, that's, that's yeah, that's balmy. I mean, right. that's, but I, I thought I, I really do. And I don't know. You and I didn't, haven't talked about this. I thought that the game against the Colts was over at the kickoff. The Colts just seemed wrong. They couldn't deal with the weather, and it was just it was just bad from the minute from the get go. Certainly appeared that way. Uh, there's no question about it. That's as bad as Andrew Luck has looked in quite some time, and he just never got into a rhythm. The team never did. So uh, I thought the Chiefs would win, but I didn't think it was going to be as lopsided as it was. 
I, th- I thought the Colts could win, but when I watched that game, they could have played that game a thousand times. They never would have won. You know that, right? Yeah, and I think uh, you know people just got a little too excited with the Colts. They were on a great run. Uh, they didn't really play anybody great, and I think people forgot a, a, about the Chiefs a little bit since you know they weren't as dominant down the stretch. But a home game coming off a bye, I thought it set up well for the Chiefs last week. Did you get a little too excited about the Chargers? Because, yes, I did. Yeah. I was wrong on that. I was, wrong. I was right on the Chiefs. I was totally wrong on the Chargers, bro. You, that the, sucked. You, the Patriots don't lose. You have to beat them, right? right. They're never going to lose this game. The Chiefs are going to have to win it. But the Chargers, man, they look terrible. You know, <sighs> yeah, it was really bad. I don't know if the traveling back to the East Coast second week in a row, I mean, obviously, cl- clearly outcoached. Uh, it was clearly bad. outcoached. See, and can I, I told you the reason why they were going to lose on Friday. I don't know if you remember. You can't stop Sony Michelle. You, you didn't have Corey Leggett. You didn't have a run stopper. Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram are not run stoppers. They are pass rushers. Yeah, they ran all over them. They made no adjustments. Of course, they were banked up with some linebackers being out, but still, no excuse. I mean, they just, the first drive, they marched down the field. I was like, uh-oh. And then the Chargers responded with the Keenan Allen touchdown. I'm like, okay, maybe they can stay at it. And then the next drive, easily marched down the field. I'm like, man, they are not going to stop them. This is bad. Same thing this week, dude. They will not stop Sony Michelle. The Patriots are going to the Super Bowl. Now, I, will I be rooting for Patrick Mahomes? Yes. Am I rooting for the Chiefs? Yes. I'd like to see somebody else get there. But there's no way the Chiefs are stopping Sony Michelle. I mean, the Chiefs' run defense is terrible. But are the Patriots going to stop the Chiefs' offense? Once. All they need to do is stop it once. One time. It'll be 41-38. They need to just make one well, play one time. And that's what we saw in the regular season. It was 43-40. Both teams right. putting up big points. That game was in New England. Uh, they did limit Kelsey, but Tyree Kill crushed them with three touchdowns. And they're going to do the same thing this week because you have to stop Kelsey. The only way to beat the Chiefs is to neutralize Kelsey. And there's they cannot neutralize Hill because they have nobody on defense who can keep up with that guy. So you have to let him get his. Yeah, and I think that's pretty much what they figured out. That's what they did last time. It's just they don't have anyone with the speed to keep up with him. So that's nope. the biggest problem for them. I think the Patriots run it back exactly the way they played him in Foxborough. And uh, you have a chance. because you just, And maybe you grind it out a little bit more on offense. You run a little bit more. But you, but you have to stop Kelsey because you can't stop Hill. So if you don't stop Kelsey, then you have Hill and Kelsey, and then you're screwed. No concern about the Patriots not being as good on the road. Three and five on the road this year. Three not and four in, in, not, his last not in seven. January. Not in January. Not in January. Even in not Kansas in City, tough place to play. Not that tough. To, not that tough. Not that defense is bad. bad. Well, at home they've been a lot better. Yeah, but they're still not a good defense. I don't think Tom Brady ha- has shakes at night because of the Chiefs. Defense. Well, I'm sure they don't. But they've allowed 17.4 points per game at home compared to 34.3 on the road. That is pretty crazy, though. Yeah, isn't it? right. That's an insane number, and they've uh, a lot of sacks at home too. So, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, I think a lot of people just are scared to bet against New England because of what's happened. And I'm not it. scared to bet against them. I just think that they can—they're going to run the ball down the Chiefs' throat. The, the Patriots are a different team than they used to be. The Patriots used to throw the ball now. Now they're a running team. Well, they're a running team, and they throw a lot of short passes. And I don't know. Maybe it's not as easy. Why don't teams adjust? Who's beating you deep on this team? I know. I mean, look, what was the last time Tom Brady threw a ball more than 20 yards? Tell me. 
Uh, it's been a while. Well, I'm sure oh, he's thrown a couple, but they haven't been pretty. <laughs> and they haven't been completed. I mean, right. it's like, you're exactly right. I mean, I, I, retrospectively, why wasn't Derwin James in Julian Edelman's grill all game long? They made no adjustments. Like, you see what they're doing. They're throwing short outlet passes to Edelman in white and running. Like, don't worry. Make them beat you deep. Make Brady beat you deep. You know what I mean? Like, it just right. didn't doesn't make any sense sometimes when you see these coaches and the lack of adjustments. And I think the Chiefs won't make the adjustments either. I think the Rams and Saints will. I do, but I don't think the Chiefs have the personnel to do it. All right, so you see this being a, a three-point game, though, but New England winning? Yes. Yes. Uh, the line is three, so you're clearly going to take the Patriots that you think they're going to win straight up. I would. I would. Oh, I and look, I'm I'm and I'm, I'm going to be the guy who's taking the Patriots, but rooting for the Chiefs. I will I, absolutely rooting, be rooting. I'm for rooting the Chiefs. for the Chiefs too, and it's weird because like I don't hate the Patriots. It's not like I'm a fan of the Jets or Dolphins, a divisional team. I just don't want to see them there again. I'd rather exactly see the for Chiefs. the 87th time. Exactly. Right. I just want to see Andy Reid. I want to see Mahomes. I just want to see it happen. You know, it's been a great are, year. Chiefs are a fun team to watch. Dude, Chiefs, Rams, or Chiefs, Saints, come on. That's a great Super Bowl. It is. I think it won't be as good with New England there. Of course, there'll be big storylines. Like, come on, man. Tom Brady saying no one believes in us. Are you kidding me? You guys are three-point underdogs <laughs> on the road, which basically this thing is even. Like, don't give me this sob story here. I know the public money was on the Chargers last week, but they won. It really was. It was. And the, and the home Patriots game, and the public money was on the Chargers. That's why he was pissed. But, look. The Rams, Patriots, are you excited about that Super Bowl? No, I'll be rooting heavily for the Rams if that occurs. I just... Okay, Ram, uh, Patriots, Saints, maybe a little better? Oh, Brady, little Breeze, bit. come on, a little bit better? Yeah, a little bit better, for sure. That, yeah, that's a little bit better. But if I say Chiefs, Saints, you're like drooling. Yeah, that's, that's really fun. Indoors, in the dome, I mean, oh. that, that, that could be, that could be a, sh a nice shootout. Right, I mean, so I think the public is rooting for the Chiefs. Oh, I think so. I mean, unless you're a Patriots fan or, or Brady, like, how do you root for this team? I mean, you're sick of them by now. It's like every single year in a sport where it's not supposed to be this easy to return to AFC championships, let alone Super Bowls. And we see this team here consistently. So can, can we agree it's one of the reasons why you hate the Yankees? No, I, I've said this many times, and I'm sure I've said it to you. It's not. First of all, the Yankees don't get there anymore. This is not. No, a but team the, that's and the, and the, when you were a kid, no. you hated the Yankees because they were there all the time. No, right? remember, I I was watching baseball. I, mean, I know you're a Jeter fan, but the outside. Yeah, whatever. Eighty five, <laughs> eighty five, eighty six is when I started watching baseball. The Yankees. Oh, were not good then. gotcha, gotcha. So I you just, were a Met fan because of then. Okay, that's I fair. hated. That's I fair. just hated the Yankees just because they were the other team in New York. I went to the Hall of Fame in Cooperstown. I took a picture of that Babe Ruth statue. Have you ever been there? Yeah, of course. So I took a picture, and I took my Mets hat, put it in front of his face, and had them take the picture. And I was seven, eight years old. I hated the Yankees then. I don't know where it started from. I guess it was just they're the other team in New York. It has nothing to do with them winning, and I, I know a lot of people would think that. See, and I, I told you that I grew up a Yankee fan, right? My dad, my grandfather. Then I, got, I liked the Mets because I liked you know Doc and Strawberry and Hernandez. I got into that. But I'm like one of the few new people who actually likes both teams. I don't hate either one. The Subway Series was one of the greatest days of my life going to the, to the World Series there. I went to Shea, and it was great watching it. You know, I, I, I was Which very... game did you go to? <sighs> Three or four. Uh, I went to four. Four is the one where Jeter hit the leadoff home run, right? Yeah, I think off Bobby Jones, they were down 2-1. Yeah, I was there I for I think four. I went to three. Or, I, we sat literally in the, in the bleachers 
and center field bleachers. I could see uh, very I little. I sat in the, like the second to last row of the upper deck behind home plate. Uh, okay, so oh, well, that's actually good. That's yeah, better than where I was. Yeah, yeah, I was like, I'm all the way high up, but I don't care. I'm right behind home plate. I could see everything. Yeah, I could see nothing. I saw Timo Perez in the outfield. That was about the only thing I said. But it didn't matter. Just being there was cool. Absolutely. The atmosphere and, you know, I, I was like, I have to go. This might never happen again. And right now, the odds are it's never going to happen again. <laughs> <laughs> Not in our lifetime. But, I mean, look, getting back to the Patriots and Chiefs, Mahomes is a game changer. But I'm going to tell you this. Chiefs-wise, I think this game comes down to Damian Williams. Hill is going to get his. Kelsey's going to get shut down. If they can't run the football, they're going to lose. They're going to have to run that football. Yeah, Williams has played well. There's no question about it. Spencer Ware looks like he'll return, but I just don't think he's going to eat enough into Williams. He's been out for weeks, and this is the first week he had full practice. Uh, they'll get him the ball in the passing game, but yeah, Williams has been uh, very impressive since taking over. I mean, it's basically the system here with Andy Reid and running backs. You put them in, and they perform. How is he not the starter moving forward? Damian Williams? Yeah, how is he not? Well, it will. You know, they signed him to a two-year extension. So I know, but like next be. year, how is he not the starter? He will be. I recently did a mock draft with some of the guys in the FNTSY. Where do you think he went? This was before last week's game because I think he, his stock Round went up last three. Week. Round three. Yeah, he actually – I was going to take him. at, at the, I had the last pick, and I was going to take him last pick around three, and uh, Corey took him right before me at a, a 3-11. Oh, so now he's going to suck. <laughs> Good call. You're right. <laughs> Just look at who we drafted and be like, oh, yeah. these guys are busts. I'm not touching Damian Williams next year. Out. <laughs> the CP curse. I'll tell him that. <laughs> He'll love it. Dr. Rono, he doesn't know anything. But, I don't know uh, what he's talking about. <laughs> All right. The other game here, you're going to – I truly believe it's going to come down to one human being, Jared Goff. Uh, I thought if you were going to say Taysom Hill. No, yeah, maybe. <laughs> if I'm the Saints, I am – putting 10 guys in the box against Gurley and C.J. Anderson because Jared Goff does not look like the same guy that he was weeks ago. He looks skittish. He's not. He, he overthrew Gerald Everett by 10 feet in the air the other game. Did you see that play last week? He overthrew him by 10 feet in the air. Yeah, and he didn't even need to do much. They just carved up Dallas just running the ball all the entire game. So there was no pressure on Goff in that game at all. So I agree with you. This, it just has not been the same, especially since Cooper Cup went down. His numbers without Cooper Cup in his career are just not as good. And uh, they're going to have to get something out of him this game. And especially on the road, he's not as good either. So, uh, you know, since the week 12 bye, he's top 220 yards one time. I'm telling you, he looks terrible. And I really do think it's Cup because Cooper Cup was literally open on every play. I've never seen a guy more open than Cooper Cup in my life. Yeah, but safety I, valve, man. I, whenever he was in trouble, that's who he was looking for. It is, and Josh Reynolds is a nice little player, but he's not Cooper Cup. But if I'm the, the Saints, I'm forcing Goff to throw literally every down, and I think the Saints have any advantage there. They're going to get to Goff. I know that the offensive line has been pretty good for the Rams, but I don't know whether Goff can be consistent enough for four quarters. Yeah, that would be my biggest concern too, uh, for sure, because uh, you know they're going to want to run the football, but you know Gurley might have some success but I don't think CJ Anderson will have as much success as he did last week and I know we had a couple good games before that but I just think it's going to be tough even with the Saints uh down uh uh the lineman that they lost uh defensive oh, Rankins? tackle Rankins? Rankins against the run yeah I mean that's going to hurt them but I don't as Sheldon Rankins being out but uh I still think they're they're good enough to to limit the run game to not as bad as last week like I think they're not going to have the success they had last week 
Anybody who takes C.J. Anderson in next year's draft, you're doing me a favor. Thank you in advance. <laughs> well, how about if they take him this week in DFS? Uh, thank you in advance for being an idiot. Please do that. I beg you. I beg everybody who I'm in the league with to do that. Uh, me too. To play him this week, I, I would take the under. on I, the, His over-under prop for rushing yards is like, the last I saw, like eight, nine yards less than Todd Gurley. I'm like, what? It's like 57. What oh, they, really? Yeah, something like that. I think that's an under, dude. Yeah, absolutely. What's so girly you're saying is like 65? It was low, yeah. They were girlies was low. They uh, it must be because people think he's not 100%. Well, um, Jared Goff is 289. I know, man. It's high. I but I why I told you why because they're going to force him to throw. No, no, no. I'm saying it's high. I know. That, I know, but because it's high because I mean, I think people are seeing the game like that like I'm seeing it. Vegas they think is a seeing shootout, it a shootout inside the dome. Yeah, probably. Not. All right, maybe we'll talk a little more football when we get back, Adam Ronis. Absolutely. All right, maybe we'll throw in a little baseball. We're Scout Fantasy Sports. I'm Dr. Roto along with Adam Ronis. And we'll be back with you talking more sports right after this. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. All right, we're back. We're Scout Fantasy Sports. Dr. Roto along with Adam Ronis. Ronis, I'm going to make this a little bit about me here. I'm, you know what I signed up for last last week? What was that? An, an NFBC Draft Champions. Oh, nice. Do you know why? This is my draft prep right here. Because I, I knew I didn't know anything. I knew I didn't know anything. I, I, I knew nothing about baseball, so I knew how to get into a draft to figure this out. So I'm yeah. actually on the clock, by the way. Oh, you already started it. What round are you in? Uh, this is the first. Uh, this is my pick in the thirteenth round. Want to oh, hear okay. this so you're, amazing you're underway. team? Yeah. Want to hear the amazing team? Let's do it. You want it by round or by position? By rounds. All right. Don't yell at me if I screwed up. Okay. I look. I'm not ready yet. All right. I took Jose Ramirez. I had the fourth pick. I took. I did it so the same as the FSTA because I because I have the fourth pick in FSTA this week. Oh, and you were able to get that the pick. Yeah, I put it in Kentucky Derby. I put that as my first choice. Oh, wow. They like you. I know. <laughs> Never did that happen. <laughs> All right. I took Jose Ramirez at one in the first round. Took Trevor Bauer in round two. Kluber and Cole went right before me. I could have taken Snell. Would you have taken Bauer or Snell? I think Bauer. Okay. So I don't feel badly. Round three, I have Whit Merrifield. Round four, I have Jameson Tyon. Round five, I have Herman Marquez. Round six, I took George Springer, who I thought was pretty good value in round six. Round seven, I got Brad, Mr. Hand. Then round eight, I have A.J. Pollock. Round nine, Aaron Hicks. Round 10, David Peralta. And then round 11, I took Ian Desmond. I, uh, Muncie went to pick before me. I was pissed off about that. And round 12, I have Paul DeJong. Okay, so yeah, you went uh, heavy pitching early. Heavy pitching early, then I've gone hitting. So here's who's on the clock for me. Pitching-wise, the best two pitchers are Kyle Freeland and Hyunjin Ryu. This is round 13, right? 
Yeah, like either of those guys? I mean, Ryu, you can't count on to stay healthy. You know you're not I getting know. a lot of innings. Freeland, Freeland's a good pitcher. It's just his course is kind of scary, uh, but he does induce a lot of ground balls, and he's got excellent control. I, I'd lean towards him in that 13th oh. round. If All I right, so here's, the, here's the hitters. So here's the hitters. I can do Eduardo Escobar, Hunter Renfro, Byron Buxton, and I'll throw in Willie Adamas just in case because I do like him. Uh, depends what you need. I mean, I think Renfro's got a lot of power. I mean, there's always the risk of the playing time in that crowded outfield, but, you know, he came on strong in the second half, has a lot of power. Buxton's the wild card. I mean, that's a guy that could potentially win you the league or give you nothing. Uh, right. And this price has really come down. Uh, Big time. I mean, but they did sign him to a one-year deal. If you need speed, I would go with Buxton. If you need power, I'd go Renfro. Well, I have Desmond and Merrifield. Ramirez, mm-hmm. Springer, Pollock, Hicks, Peralta. Mm, okay, yeah. So you're pretty, you're pretty decent in speed. Yeah, I didn't. I, I left. My, I, I try to get as many re- well-rounded guys. I was thinking it was gonna, I was going to take Renfro or Freeland. Yeah, I think that's the way I would go too. So who would you take with my team? How many pitchers do you have? I have Bauer, Tyon, Marquez, Hand. Damn, you feel comfortable with two pitchers? In no, <laughs> no. <laughs> but I mean, Freeland's, Freeland's pretty good, dude. He had 173 strikeouts through 200 innings last year. Right. Uh, I mean, the case for nine are not great, so hoping to get that back means he's got to stay healthy and produce those innings. Uh, he doesn't allow home runs, which is real key, pitching in that park. Uh, decent whip. Uh, as your fourth starter, it's not bad because, man, the pitching dries up. I've done one of these drafts, and as you get later, you're like, oh, my goodness, especially now where we still have some unsigned players. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if you if you see the drop-offs more in pitching, uh, then you can go Freeland, and maybe Renfro makes it back. All right, so you're good with that? I'll take Freeland? Because yeah. ADP-wise, I'm getting a steal here. Which is not always true. But I'm yeah, going to pick 184, and Freeland's ADP is 127. Yeah, Freeland, in my, I guess it's, people are scared, of course. It has to be. In mine, Freeland went, it was just 10th uh, round. Right, so I think I should take him. Yeah, yeah, I get your fourth pitcher there. Pitchers kind of dry up quick. All right, At least done. you have one closer, too. Right, I, I wanted one guy, and now I can wait on my other guy. Drafting closers right now is a nightmare because <laughs> we don't even know a lot of these jobs who is the closer. Well, you know, I, I figured, let me get one guy who I didn't hate. And I had Hand and Iglesias lined up, and Iglesias literally went the pick before me, right? And then now I figure I'll just take in around 15, 16, 17, maybe Michael Givens, maybe somebody like that, and just hope. That's what happens in a lot of leagues. I mean, these are 15-team leagues. I'm assuming you're doing the 15-team, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think that's what a lot of people you'll see, since these are draft champions, which means you cannot make any waiver wire moves, and we're doing this in January that you're going to see a lot of people just take flyers on a bunch of uh, setup men and relievers that potentially could work their way into closing. So you need I mean, to look get at Josh. A look at Josh Hader last year. Yeah. I mean, you know, that was a guy that I think, you know, some people thought he might become a starter and instead he became an elite closer and you didn't have to pay a high price tag for him. So you have to kind of figure that out because we know there's constant change among the closers. We know every year. We'll start with 30, and by the end of the year, maybe, what, 14 or 13 of those guys are actually still the closer? Well, I, right. And I thought Hands was one of those guys who he's going to close. I mean, they brought him in. They traded for him. There's no Miller there. There's no Cody Allen. It's his job. 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, he's all, he was a guy I targeted heavily last year, and he, he he was shaky at times. He allowed some home runs when he was with the Padres, but uh, gets a lot of strikeouts, and he is going to be the closer on that team. I'm a big fan of, like I said, maybe finding a mid-level or crappy closer and then taking two or three setup men in like rounds 20 to 25. Two guys who I just think who have really good arms, who all they need is an injury. Boom. They're closing. Yeah, and that's what you're looking for in this type of draft is, okay, who's the next closer in waiting? If this guy struggles the first couple weeks, if this guy gets hurt, who's next up with good numbers? And even if they don't get the closer job, okay, well, they get a lot of strikeouts. They keep the whip low. I can put him in on a given week just to keep my ratios low. I mean, but the truth is, and for everybody out there, I'm telling you, I did this draft really as my draft prep. Because I told you I was severely underprepared, Adam. I'm going in for a draft on Tuesday. I, I, I'm all I'm thinking is Tom is Saquon Barkley. Am I taking him at four? That's what I was thinking. Yeah, and I do think this is good prep because as you're doing the draft, you, at least for me, I kind of do my research as I go. So I'll be like, yeah. all right, start taking a closer look. You know, started writing a lot um, for for the site. Um, you know, some player profiles up, especially t- players that have changed teams. Sean Childs has already started his in-depth team profile so that's a good start to get you ready but there's no greater thing than getting in a draft jumping in and getting an idea of where players are going and then as you go along and you're on the clock okay let me look a couple things up and see what did I miss you know what's changed because as much as we follow this you know we've been ingrained in football for you know six months now and you know we still have some free agents to sign which is going to make it interesting if you are doing drafts now because you mentioned a guy you took that we don't even know what team he's on and that's AJ Pollock Right. I mean, but I like the skills, and I've got to think wherever he goes, he's starting. So as long as he's healthy, I'm okay with that. But you're right. I don't know where he's going to be. But, you know, I, and now I know that at least in this high-stakes league, Pollock is around the eighth round. So at the FSTA, I'll be thinking of him somewhere between round seven and nine. Right. What did you say you got Hicks? I got Hicks in round nine. Okay, he went around seven in mine. So Brantley, in round nine, Brantley went, then Will Myers, and then I took Hicks. I like Brantley this year. I think he's a really good fit for Houston. He's one of those players that does a little bit of everything. I know health has been a factor, but he was healthy last year. You put him in this lineup, he does a little bit of everything. He can hit for a good average, which is something that you know we forget about. He can steal 10, 12 bases. His counting stats should be good. I thought Brantley was a really good pickup for Houston. Just a guy that helps across the board. Nothing flashy. He's not going to hit 30 home runs. He's not going to drive in 100. Guy batted 309 last year, 299 the year before. He's a 295 career hitter. Oh, he's, a, he's, a, he's a line drive hitter. He's a good hitter, dude. Yeah, makes excellent hitter. contact. He barely strikes out. I think that's a good fit. That's, like, that's a pick that I like in that round because it's not flashy. It's not... Oh, he's got huge upside. It's just a nice baseline. And I think a lot of times fantasy owners get lost. They look, I got to get every pick. It's got to be upside, got to be upside. Sometimes just getting a solid base and floor, especially in those rounds, is really, really important. Well, that's why I like Peralta. I feel the same way about David Peralta. Like, I I think he's just a good hitter. I mean, yeah, he had a a nice year last year. Yeah. So uh, here's a guy that would kind of shock me, and maybe I shouldn't be shocked. Walker Bueller went with the first pick of the third round. Yeah, I like him a lot, too. I actually got him in mine at 313. Right, but would you have taken him at 3-1? No, because I would think there's better pitchers still on the board. Oh, by the way, Nando and Vaccaro in this league. Oh, they are? Yeah, they're Team 15, so let me do their team. Is that the one Nando tweeted out about? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so here's their team. They took Bryce Harper in round one. 
They took Nola in round two, the first pick there, which I'm sure they did because they knew he wasn't coming back. But they took Nola over Sale. Uh, you know what it is? I think some people are worried about Sale, the arm, after last year. So that must be their concern is that they're just concerned about Sale's health. Uh, we know when he's healthy, lock and load, but my guess is they were probably worried about that. Uh, Nola right. went th- later in my Harper was interesting because Harper went in mine at uh, 19. I think it's not a bad move at that point. I'm, I don't know whether I would have done that, but I don't think it's a bad move at 15. Harper is such a weird player. I've always been a big Harper backer. This year, though, I'm not as optimistic. It's like if you look at what he's done throughout his career, he's really returned first-round value once. So, like, obviously it depends on where he goes, but he's just such a weird player. I mean, Would you have taken Machado or Goldschmidt? Over who? Harper? I took Machado over Harper in my draft. So there you go. Okay. So then they took round three. They took James Paxton. I thought that was early, but I like him. Look, the skills are great. He went in the fourth round of mine. Here's the thing. And, and this is a good example, too. Hey, if you're picking on the turn and you like someone, you got to get them. You can't wait. You, they you did can't. a great job of that. I thought they did a great With Nolan Paxton, they took him early, but they had to. You got to get your guys. Now, look, everyone loves Paxton's skills. I, I don't think anyone will argue with that. Of course, is he going to get you 200 innings? The likelihood is no. He's never done it in his career. Now, he has stayed healthy. Well, not completely healthy, but he got 160 last year. I think that's what you have to project for Paxton, 160, 170. So you need Nola to get you 210, 220. It's a good possible. one-two punch. It's a very good one-two punch. Yeah, and they... my, my biggest concern with Paxton, too, is moving to Yankee Stadium and the home runs. But right. the guy's got really good skills. It's just a matter of uh, how many innings is he going to give you. If I'm drafting him, I'm expecting 160 to 170. I'm get... This guy I really want to get your opinion on. In the fourth round, they take Aldeberto Mondesi. Wow, he lasted uh, – so, no, they took him first pick around four, right? First pick around four. Uh, I'm mixed on him because the speed is absolutely there. Uh, he could be a difference maker, but I'm re- a little concerned about his skill set. This reminds me a little bit of Jonathan VR a couple years ago right. where v- everyone took VR early, and he was a disappointment. Uh, he strikes out a lot. He doesn't walk. I mean, the small sample last year was ridiculous. 14 homers, 32 steals in 75 games, and the Royals are going to run a lot. A They're, lot. So, um, the steals, I, love, I, I even like Billy Hamilton this year. Well, his price is cheaper. He doesn't fit the way I build my team, but no, I know, did he but go in yours of, yet? Yeah, he went in round, uh, let's see, 11. 11. He went in 14th pick of the 11th round. For me, it really depends on what, how my roster is at that point. Like, if I'm absolutely dry in steals and I have a lot of power, I might take the shot. The problem with him, too, is that I think he's going to hit ninth in the order. So that Look, hurts. I thought about him when I took Desmond, but I just didn't have you a didn't first You didn't need baseman. to with your team, though. Yeah, I didn't need to. I didn't need to. That's why I didn't do it. But, you know, Mondesi, look, it's a bold move, but I never go for guys like that. I prefer guys who are more well-rounded. Round five, they took Fulton and then they came back with Asuna. For the one closer. I like Osuna. Uh, I've always been a big fan of his skill set. Got to hope that he can stay out of trouble. But, uh, you know, he is the closer for the Astros. Uh, now, there was a little bit of a decline in the case. He's not an elite K guy for a closer, uh, especially last year. He's a good closer, though. He's good yeah, at the no, end. No, he's, he's good. good. Yeah, I think, I think he's fine. I mean, I think we know he has the job. Could he lose it? Sure. Any closer can. But he doesn't give up home runs. 
Uh, he does a walk many guys. He's had really good control. So yeah, I mean, if I keep that's that's I want to try and get at least one solid close. And, and that's what they did. And that was a good move. Then round seven was the tweet. He, Nando took Josh Donaldson when I think it was Donaldson and Will Myers. I have no problem with Donaldson in round seven. I would take Myers. I just feel like Myers can give you some steals, some pop. Donaldson is – it's all about can he stay healthy. You know, he's had trouble the last couple of years. He's on a one-year contract with the Braves. Uh, I'm just worried about the injuries. He's 33 now, playing third base. He was injured for the calf from day one last year. I know. Day uh, one. He, never, he was never right. He was never right on him. The next pick, though, was a little – I like the player. I don't like where he took him. He, they took Jerkson Profar with the first pick of the eighth round. Yeah, that's uh, that seems. I early. like the player, but that seems early. I think that's a Nando guy. That's why they uh, took him over Matt Olson. They took him over Scooter Jeanette. They took him over Sal Perez. They took him over Travis Shaw. They took him over Dozier. They took him over Gallo. Dude, I, I like Profar as much as the next guy, but you can't take him over any of those guys. I don't think you needed to take him there. Uh, I'm trying to see where he went, mine, because that seems really early. Uh, he went in round. Oh, he went in round eight in this one too. Jeez, I know people love him, and I'll tell you this: I liked him more in Texas than I do in Oakland. That park is not easy. It's not, but you know, if you have the skill set, you can produce there. We've seen Chris Davis. Not that profile has that power, but uh, I think Scooter Jeanette was a name there that I heard that was pretty good. He's been solid the last yeah. two years. I wouldn't tell- All right, so round nine, they took Wilson Ramos. They broke the dam on the catchers. Uh, I've always been a Ramos fan. I'm glad the Mets got him. Uh, you wouldn't take him in round nine, would you? Um, it's okay if you want to get that one catcher. Um, I'd probably... It's close. I mean, it's too I, soon for me. Too soon. It, yeah. I mean, I just... I, I, I feel like there's some decent catchers up top and then a big drop-off. I agree. All right, round 10, they took Yoan Moncada who I love the skill set, but that guy's a nut job. By the way, I know his baby mama. Did I tell you that? She was my bank. My, my, I think my, you my did tell me that, yeah. yeah. You sh- yeah. Is that when you try to rob the bank? I did, but she, she's pretty cute. <laughs> I give her, she's really nice. Do you but know I, that? Mon- you know Moncada led the majors in strikeouts last year? No shock. He tries to hit home run with yeah. it, and they bat him first like, a, like morons. Uh, he's an interesting player because the skill set's still there. He's got a little pop. Wouldn't you speed. rather Odor? Wouldn't you rather Scope instead of Moncada there? I'd rather take Odor. I know he's yeah. not a, a big average guy, but he did make some improvements last year. He's still only 24 years old, um, and he did it uh, walk a little bit more. That helped, you know, 8% walk rate. So uh, we, we've seen Odor have 230 homer seasons, and, he, and he gets you, tw- you know, 10 to 15 steals. Don't undervalue those 10 to 15 steal guys. They add up. You don't need to get the elite guys, and that's what I try to do when I build my teams every year. I don't go for the Hamiltons, the D Gordons. I get a couple guys that I think can get 20, 25, and then a bunch that get 10 to 15. You add it up, and it puts you in the top three, top four of the category. You don't need to be first in steals. Totally agree with that. So don't get lost in that mindset. Oh, I'm low in steals. I got to chase. I got to chase. You don't. Just make sure that you have balance. By the way, Nando's batting average between Moncada and Mondesi and Donaldson, he's going to be very low. You got yeah. You got to make up for it uh, later in the draft somehow. And then he's got he picked Shane Bieber, Fever, and Nick Pavetta are his last two picks. You know, this is the difference in baseball now compared to years past. Nick Pavetta seven years ago, you'd get in round twenty. Now, with everyone knowing the advanced metrics and seeing the underlying skills of Pavetta, 
you got to pay a high price tag. Like, when I first thought in the offseason, I'm like, oh, Pavetta's going to be a bargain this year. I'm like, wow, really? He's Same thing with there? Beeper, but Beeper's a number five starter on the Cleveland Indians, and he's going with the uh, last pick and run. Well, they, got, they got good pitchers, though. Kluber, Carrasco, Bauer. Clevenger, yeah. No, yeah. I'm just saying he's a number five starter. I don't look at it like that uh, because it's a good team. He's got four really good starters in front of him. Basically, you just I just want you to say Nando's team's not very good. All right, sorry. All right, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I feel a whole lot better. <laughs> but, you know, it's when I saw his name in there, I'm like, I don't mind being with Nando because I, I don't care about the money in this one. I just, I'm doing it to, for the learning process. Yeah, definitely, that's what it is. All right, going to talk, come back. We're Scout Fantasy Sports talking more football when we return right after this. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. All right, we're back. We're Scout Fantasy Sports. It's Dr. Rhoda along with Adam Ronas. And Ronas, are we allowed to tell people about next week? Yeah, I already did yesterday. You did? Yeah. Without me? The big you jerk. Weren't, you weren't here. And I won't be here next week either. Oh, so but, there you uh, go. <laughs> but Scout Fantasy Sports, for the millions of people out there listening, and I know there are. I don't even need to count you, Adam. I know there's millions listening. We will be on from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time. And I think that's a, that's a nice change for us. Yeah, it is. It helps us preview the night in DFS. You know, obviously, I play a lot of NBA DFS. It's really hard to do things at the 7 o'clock spot when every most lineup nights lock at 7 p.m. Eastern. You know, earlier in the week on Monday, we had a later lineup lock, 7.30. So I had Chris Rose on, so we were able to preview the night. But uh, How's he on the radio? Is he good? Yeah, what are you you're gonna say? I'm on air now. I'm gonna say he's. How's Chris Rose? He suck. <laughs> he's great. <laughs> <laughs> I can read between the lines. No, no but he's, he's a fine. good player, dude. He's a good player. Yeah, no, he's fine. Um, I think you know he just just needs to a couple more times just get comfortable. That's all. Okay. Hey, look, I, and they'll tell you this. I had Mike Leone on the first time when he ever first came on radio. That was rough, and he's turned out to be great. Oh, was it rough? Oh, dude. It yeah, was rough. I, think, I think for some people, they just get nervous and they worry too much about what they say. And I always tell people, and I know it's hard the first time, like, just pretend we're just having a conversation in a bar about sports. That's it. You never told me that. I'm not trying to help you. Oh. <laughs> I didn't need to. You, you, were, you, were the, the, you were extremely confident in day one. That's probably true. But, uh, no, my, it's funny because I don't want to think anybody's saying, saying anything bad about Mike. Leone did a great job. I think he was – I think you have to be a student. You have to want to get better. And I, I always tell people, listen to, listen to the spots, right, and you'll hear it, and you'll, you'll know what to do better for the next time. Trust me, Doc. So I remember that I did some play-by – no, I did color commentary for high school baseball, recorded it. I went back and listened. I said, this is the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I sounded like I didn't want to be there. I wasn't right. into it. It was a cold, windy day in March. 
doing high school baseball or something. And I was like, wow, this is pathetic. Like, you don't realize sometimes that you just didn't have the energy. So I said, this will never happen again. So you're right. Go back and listen if you are on the radio and it's your first time or you weren't comfortable. And neutral observer, don't say, don't have an idea going in. Sit there objectively and say, okay, how does this person sound? And if you're true to yourself, you'll figure it out. And you'll be like, wow, I didn't have enough energy. I didn't, I was thinking too much about what I was saying. I wasn't natural, whatever it is. And then just make sure that you correct that. You know what I do? I, I, I don't do this for everybody, but I do for friends. If people do a podcast or something and they send it to me, I'll listen. And I'll try to give feedback. I really do. Like the guys who for golf, I don't know if you saw on the Scout DFS, Al and Mark Farris did a golf show. I listened to the whole thing and I gave them some feedback that what to do for the next time. I feel like I want people to get better. You know, I want everybody in the industry to be great at it. So, you know, any part that I can do to help, I'd like to. For sure. And I and that's the key too. You know, there's some people who are doing podcasts that just don't have experience and they maybe not realizing. So that's why someone could come in and just give them some uh, critiques to get them better. Yeah, it's, and it's funny. Sometimes it's really basic things. It's just simple things that you can do, and if you change it, it changes everything. Right, and, you know, energy is a big thing. There's too many podcasts where people just sound like they're dead, and they don't even want to be there at all. Like, do you think they realize they fun. sound like that? Probably not, because if they did, why would they continue that? Or maybe no, they just don't have the personality to do it. What about listening to your co-host? You ever experienced anything with that? Listening to him? Yeah, like not listening or not listening to your co-host? No, I think listening is a skill, and I feel like I'm pretty good at it. Uh, Did you ever work with somebody who didn't listen to you? Yes. Okay, just checking. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever listen to somebody who asked you the same question as somebody just asked you a few minutes ago? Yeah, that might have happened once or twice in the past. <laughs> I think listening is an, is an underrated skill on the radio. It's a skill. There's no question about it. You can tell, too, when people listen or not, just interviews. If you are interviewing a guest and they say something interesting and the host doesn't follow up on the question that they just – the answer they just said, you know they're not listening. And they just got a list of questions that they're just going to. I listen to what they say because sometimes their answer leads to another question that could be interesting that you weren't thinking about. I totally agree with that. And I feel like that's where you get the best interviews from, right? Absolutely. You get the best interviews from what they say. I remember there was one year I had to do a story on a kid, and I was like, okay, you know, asking the basic question, trying to come up with a theme for the story. There was nothing there. Like, and I'm, I, so I just kept hammering questions and question after question. And one of the last questions, which I thought was going to be, was the answer that opened the door to the story. The kid basically said, yeah, my best friend died in a car accident the other day. He was an influence for me to get to college and always told me what I was like, wow, here we go. This is the Boom. story. Right. Did I ever tell you the worst interview I've ever done? Was it? Oh, Buster Posey. Buster Posey. <laughs> the worst interview of all time. I'm like, yes, sir. No, sir. I mean, I was asking about his kids, his wife. I'm pulling stuff out from Buster Posey, you know, Wikipedia. I'm going deep, dude. Nothing. There are, some, there are some people that just are not good interview subjects, and you could just ask question after question, and it just goes nowhere. And you kind of know, okay, this is just not going to work. I am going to have to wrap this up and keep it brief. You know who was a really good interviewer? Did you ever interview with Lenny Melnick? Yes. Lenny used to, like, crack a joke with, with the guy before the interview. 
and for some reason he'd say something, and I didn't even think the joke was funny, but he'd say something about the guy, or he knew something about what the guy did, especially with baseball players. I remember when you made this play, blah, 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 blah. And then the guy, it would like break the ice, and the guy would be normal and great. Yeah, that's always a key, too, if you can find something early on to kind of do that lightning, because, you know, sometimes it could be that business approach, and they're ready to give you the vanilla basic answers, which you don't want. You want it to be light and fun, depending on obviously what the, the goal of the interview well, is. And I don't know if I ever told you the story. I, I totally whiffed. So I was interviewing Brooke, Brooke Lopez, and he was coming to the, to the Nets, right? And I said something about, well, have you ever tried a black and white cookie? And I'm thinking, come on, you're from New, in New York. Everybody knows a black and white cookie. Dude, it just like... A lead balloon. It went nowhere. <laughs> it was like, what are you talking about, you idiot? You know? And I was like, all right, I'm trying here. I'm working with me. But it just didn't. You know, sometimes you just have to figure out what's working and what's not working. Uh, so I got embarrassed one time. So someone told me something uh, about, like, A.J. Burnett. And I said it to him. And he goes, I don't know what you're talking about. I never said that. I was like, oh, <laughs> oh <my> God. <laughs> I was like, great. Just embarrassed me. Thanks, A.J. See you later. Right. I, right. I never said And well, look, what are you going to do? I mean, I... I think that, you know, interviewing people is a skill. And, and, you know, even in the court system, you know, prosecutors don't know how to always um, ask the right questions because sometimes they don't have to, right, on cross-examination. How many times does the defense witness take the stand? Almost never. Yeah, you, you know, know that, I, right? Yeah, and I look, you know, you know what's a, you could see that evident in the making a murderer. You ever watch that? No, I heard it was good. It's very good. And you can see just the way you approach the questions that are asked, the questions that are not asked. Right, right. So, the question, right. That's why defense attorneys are usually very good because they have to ask questions. That's their job is to cross-examine. But the prosecutors, that's why there's so many bad prosecutors out there, dude. They don't know what they're doing. Yeah, no, it's, a, it's true. And you can see it, too, when you watch a lot of the court TV type things. So if somebody wanted to get in the fantasy industry, I don't know if you saw this, but Brad Evans is going to be on Monday night in, in uh, Buffalo Wild Wings at Ibor City in Tampa, outside of Tampa, basically saying, anybody wants to talk about getting in the industry, come meet me for free wings. If somebody went to you and you guys, and as having Adam Ronis was at Buffalo Wild Wings, what would you tell people about getting into the industry? Where are my wings? Buy me wings, first of all. Uh, I'm drink? not talking until I get wings. Where's my drink? Any ladies here? Any ladies in the house? Uh, Any chocolate cake? <laughs> uh, I think, obviously, the goal, I think it's a, I don't know if it's harder today. There's just so much more out there. So maybe that means it's uh, easier because there's different platforms to get to. But you obviously have to start writing or podcast anything. And you have to understand that at the beginning, you're probably not going to get much money, if any at all. So the key is to kind of get out there. And we've seen a lot of people just get their foot in the door, get some visibility, and you work your way up. So, you know, we've talked about it. When I first started on radio, I was getting nothing. And I just looked at it as an opportunity and a way to get exposure, and it worked. I think the industry is harder to get into now than it was five years ago. Yeah, right. I think so, too. I was going to say there's a lot more ways to get in, but it's probably going to be harder to distinguish yourself. I think so. I'd really agree with that. I think, look, anybody could put up a blog site. Anybody could do a podcast. But, you know, I have a friend at the gym. Uh, we, we box together, and I, he, he wants to do a podcast. I said, don't do anything until you ask yourself what makes me different than everybody else. Right. You need something to kind of separate yourself. Right. If you don't, if you if you're not separate, why would I listen to your podcast when there's a million out there? Exactly. So that's 
That's the that that could discourage some people though. But if you really want to do it, then just keep pushing for it. I would say. It's funny you said that because I didn't mean to discourage him. I just wanted him to actually be successful, and that's why I said it because I didn't want him to just be another nothing. No, it's true though. You do have to have something that stands out. Otherwise, you're just going to be lumped in with everyone else, and you won't stand out. If you were to do a podcast tomorrow on your own, what would you talk about? So it could be anything? Yeah. It would be a variety of sports, gambling, dating, and you know, just general things going on and giving my take on the situation. A guy's show. Yeah. I mean, I'll have women on if they want. Just send me the pics on Instagram. <laughs> if you're good looking and out of a bruise. Nah, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'll, you, you don't have to be good looking. It helps, right. but you're come right, on. Right. You, can, you can figure out other ways around it. Yeah, exactly. No, I think that is not the ultimate show for a guy to do, like talk about sports and women and everything at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, what more could you want? That's it. That's all you yeah. need. Sex, sports, betting. What else? All right, so any, any good bets for the games this weekend? You mentioned prop bets. I, didn't, uh, I haven't taken a look. I, I should have. Do you know any of the prop bets? Can we go over them? Yeah, let me uh, find that for you here. I had a couple up from the FanDuel Sportsbook that we were... Uh, so, by the way, Rich Hill, Tyler Glasnow, and Garrett Hampton all went. Yeah, Glasnow's another guy, too, with a lot of hype. I mean, I like him. He's got a great arm, but I was hoping to get him cheaper as well. Yeah. Uh, here's some player props. Pat Mahomes, uh, over-under passing yards, 322.5. Ooh. Wow. That's right on point. I will say under. I'm going to take the under, too, because okay. I think, as you mentioned, the Patriots could run the ball a lot, slow it down, yep. and that could uh, lead to less plays. Tom Brady, over-under, 291.5 passing yards. Under. Yeah, I'm going to take the under two. He did have over 300 last time, but that was at home. Right. Sony Michelle rushing yards, 81 and a half. Over. I knew you were going to say that. Over, big over. Damian Williams rushing yards, 61 and a half. I think I take the over on that. Yeah, I think so too. Last week it was low. I, I'm so mad that I didn't get in on that because earlier in the week last week it was even lower because the. They thought Spencer Ware was going to play. Yeah, that was a good bet. You, oh, you would have made money on that bet. I know. I'm so mad yeah. that I didn't do it. Uh, See, I think uh, maybe I'm wrong, but I think prop bets is where guys like us can make a lot of money. Absolutely, because they don't adjust the lines that well either. It's not like sports betting where they're on top of the lines and the over. Oh my god, the lines. The yeah, exactly. Here, it's right. I totally agree with that. Rob Gronkowski receiving yards, forty-eight and a half over. I think he has a big. Week so that in means. Scores. Wait, are you are you playing DFS this weekend? Yes. Okay, so are Just you playing? Just one team, single okay. entry, one team. Are you playing Gronk? Yes. 4,100 on DK. The steal of century. Well, First of all, the... I'm not playing Kelsey. Well, everyone's playing Kelsey. Which DK. is why I'm not. Right. right. If you're playing at a, a large field tournament, you do have to do something different. And I, I, I like Ben Watson, though, he, too. He might be out, though. Did you right. see? Uh, he has an uh, appendicitis. Then I like Josh Hill because I know the Rams don't play the tight end well. They don't, but uh, it's just such a risk. He could get Gronk is zero. scoring, dude. Gronk is scoring this week. I wouldn't be surprised. I think the Chiefs have struggled against tight ends. And, you know, I, here's the problem, Doc. So it's a four-game slate. Most weeks, you would get Gronk so on the two game ship. slate. Two games. That's slate. what I meant. I'm sorry. Four teams, two-game yeah. slate. So four teams to choose from. Gronk's going to be 20 25% owned. And he I know. Be because he, I of know. the slate. Because right. Of, What's your choices? Right. It's Kelsey. Tyler Higby? 
Right. That's the problem. It's like, so if you believe like, okay, this is the week for Gronk, he's still going to be at a decent ownership right now. 2025 is better than 70, 75 of Kelsey. If you're honestly, trying to pivot. I did one team in a single entry because I know this is a crapshoot and I'm just trying to get lucky this week. I don't expect to make money. Yeah. You have to hit on like a cheap receiver that scores a touchdown, like a Traquan Smith, Cordaro Patterson, you need probably one of those guys to come through. Now, I'm if you doing, get, I'm doing if, something different though. I'm doing if you do Gronk though, you might be able to have a, a real balance with right. I have a very. I, I'm doing something that most people won't do. I'm doing a, a, a Ram stack. Uh, I think Woods. Sh- he should be popping. I don't know if he will. Goff, I like Goff Woods, Woods Cooks. I'm just going in on that and hoping that because I think that everybody will be on Mahomes. Everybody will be on the Saints. Mm-hmm. It's the only way to, to distinguish myself. Do you think? Well, I, do you think Brady, Edelman, Gronk will be popular? No, and I like that. Hmm. I like that stack. That's my other favorite yeah, stack. Yeah, because if I didn't do the golf stack, I'd do that stack. Because Michelle and White, I think, will be popular. Oh, very popular. Kamara will. I'm not sure about Gurley. He probably will. He will. I think Damien think, Williams you get on the cheap. Probably. I loved him last week. I thought he yeah. was a lock last week. Yeah, he was. Uh, James White receiving yards, 53 and a half. Man, great. Brady goes to him all the time. He literally throws to that guy all the time. I think I take the over. Edelman, 82 and a half receiving. I could see six for 84. Yeah, it's close. Yeah, it's close. Tyreek, 87 and a half. I think I'm, I will go over. That's a hard guy What's to Kelsey? take under. What's Kelsey? You're going to say under, 91 and a half. Oh, my God, that's an under. Oh, that's an under. You don't have fear, though, when you play no, that under? No, no fear. No fear. I think Belichick is going to stop that guy. Robert Woods, 74 and a half. I'll go, I'll go over. Michael Thomas, 98 and a half. <laughs> I don't think Tlaib is that good, by the way. And he might see, uh, they, they put him in the slot a little bit too. You could see, you know, Peters. A little, a little gumbo bit. with Peters there. I'd, I'd, I'd probably take the over on Thomas. I yeah, know it's a high number, but. You can't throw to Traquan. You oh, here it is. So guys. this was as yesterday, though. Gurley, 65 and a half. CJ Anderson, 57 and a half. Yeah, like, come crazy. on. Take early. Take early. Right? Like, yeah. come on. It's the fear of him not being healthy. That's why. But that's true. He was fine last week. All right. Time now to put away the insurance cards. Put away the copay. The office is closed, my friends. Adam and I hope that your teams win this week, whoever you're rooting for. All right. Enjoy the weekend. Anything else, Ronis? Good luck. Hopefully your team makes it. There you have it. All right, guys. Be well. Take care.